Listener Production. Good morning, sports fans, and welcome to The Scorecard. I'm Liam Flanagan, and this is your fast, fun hit of sport for Tuesday the 16th of November. Today, a former Aussie test star calls for the national selectors to endorse Travis Head for the Ashes, a hole-in-one lands a goal for a Lamborghini, and have we seen the last of the Fed Express down under? But first... The geeks shall inherit the earth. Yeah, they probably will. I mean, Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg kind of seem like they've already got a fair handhold on most of it. But the beautiful game of rugby league had remained free from geek control up until yesterday. So I've experienced a lot of success in my life. Over a decade ago, I started a business with my mate straight out of uni with my mate Scott. That is Mike Cannon-Brooks giving a TED talk about four years ago. The business he started with his mate was a company called Atlassian. And that success he so casually refers to includes a reported net worth of $27 billion, making him the third richest Australian in the world. What are your superpowers again? I'm rich. And yesterday, Cannon Brooks put some of his hard-earned behind the club he's long supported, the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Cannon Brooks bought one-third of the company that owns 75% of the bunnies. Stay with me, the math can get confusing. With the remaining 25% of the club owned by members. The sale means that Cannon Brooks now owns a quarter of the club, the same level of ownership of his new business partner's media mogul James Packer and that other diehard Bunnies fan with a bit of spare cash. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Russell Crowe! Cannon Brooks is already a minority shareholder in NBA franchise the Utah Jazz and he's confident his connections in the US sports scene can bring benefits to Redfern as well. So, while the Bunnies will be without master coach Wayne Bennett in 2022, they may have just become the most financially stable club in all of Australian sport. You might not have heard of Aussie golfer Suo, but trust me when I tell you, you're going to be jealous of her after this story. Talk about a hole-in-one. Playing the Pelican Women's Championship in Florida over the weekend, O was standing on the tee of the par 3 12th hole with a 7-iron in hand. Good looking shot. That is a dandy. No, not Get the first one. In. First one. Get out of Yes! Oh, you can't make this up. First tee shot of the day on the 12th, and we have a hole-in-one. You can't make this up. Boom. Hole in one. But wait, because there's more. Remember, a Lamborghini on the line, so not only the ace for O, but a new car as well. A Lamborghini for hitting a seven iron. Sue will be driving a Lambo for the next two years for flushing a seven iron. And Lamborghini might want to rethink their sponsorship because Sue was one of three women who nailed an ace during the tournament, meaning the local Lambo showroom might be a bit empty for the next couple of years. As the Aussie cricket world begins to emerge from its T20 World Cup-induced hangover, we turn our attention to the serious crack-out-your-whites five-day stuff. And last week on RSN Radio, National Selector George Bailey filled in one of the few remaining blanks in the Aussie Test lineup for this summer. Has Marcus Harris done enough? Yeah, Harry's been great. Loved his consistency over over a number of times. It um, gives you great confidence as a selector, I think, when you know that your bankers, your opening batters are locked away. Despite the domestic form of Usman Khwaja for Queensland this season, Bailey has all but rubber-stamped Victorian opener Marcus Harris's spot at the top of the order with David Warner for the first couple of tests of the series. And that is the sort of endorsement that Triple M Movember ambassador and former test opener Greg Blewett would love to see Bailey throw the way of South Australian middle-order batsman Travis Head for the number five spot. You know, George Bailey's 
you know, happy to, to guarantee Marcus Harris a, a spot. But, you know, I, I'd love him to come out and back Travis Head as well. I think Travis can sometimes, well, just the way he gets out frustrates people. But I think you just got to judge him on his output. And he averages, you know, about 40 in test match cricket. I'd love for him to just have a decent run at it as well. Head hasn't exactly set the world on fire for the Redbacks in the Sheffield Shield thus far, but is still considered the front runner for the middle order spot for the opening test match at the Gabba. That's my spot. And when Greg Blewett isn't giving his takes on cricket, he's one of many men growing a moustache this month to raise awareness and money for men's health. If you'd like to support Bluey in his mo-growing attempts, head to movember.com to find out how. While Victorian Premier Dan Andrews and world number one men's tennis player Novak Djokovic continue their he's not coming unless he's vaccinated. I shouldn't have to disclose my vaccination status, Dance. Aussie tennis fans have a far bigger question for the Swiss prince of the court, Roger Federer. So hey the bloody hell are you? Federer will miss next year's Australian Open for the second consecutive year as a result of a slower than expected recovery from knee surgery. Federer, who played 21 consecutive Australian Opens before missing last year's, remains tied for the most Grand Slam titles in men's tennis history with Rafael Nadal and Novak Djokovic on 20. But despite having just turned 40, Federer's coach Ivan Lubacic insists we haven't seen the last of Federer down under. You haven't seen the last of me! And that is your fast final hit of sport for Tuesday the 16th of November. I'm Liam Flanagan. Catch you tomorrow on The Scorecard. Listener.